Cool. All right, welcome back to Mind Your Mob. Um, I'm here with Ken. Uh, just if you want to um, do a bit of an intro on yourself, brother, um, tell us where you're from, who your mob is, and yeah, you go from there. Yeah, thanks, brother. Uh, pleasure to be with you this afternoon. Um, well, I currently live on a Wobbicle country in Newcastle, but I'm originally from nearby country, which is a um, from a little small place called Brewarna and in northwest New South Wales. So um, um, I grew up on that, that particular country, but my cultural ancestry is through Mirawari Mob, which is just a, a little bit of where we come from and um, a little bit north up up towards the Queensland border. Um, so my cultural connections and, and um, you know, family connections is, is a lot to do with that part of the world. Yep. And um, so a nearby country, um, there's a, the home of the famous um, uh, fish traps down in, in mm. the weir down there with the bar on meets the darling, the, the cultural significant site there. And there's a yep. beautiful cultural museum in town there now. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a really important part of my culture. And, um, I was actually down there yesterday, um, just spending a bit of, you know, just going down for a walk and spending mm. a bit of time listening to the water run because it's been very rare that water's been running in the river yeah. these days. So, yeah. um, you know, and hear the birds flying above and chirping about and the pelicans, um, you know, on top of the water trying to get mm. the fish to eat. So it's really nice to see that those times. So, um, yeah, it's a real, um, not only a cultural place, but it's a real place for mine that I tend to come back to a lot to, to heal my soul and to really, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, particularly after some difficult times and, um, you know, some challenging times. So it's good to be back and just to really relax and connect and, um, and reconnect with mob. Yeah. Because yeah. we haven't been able to obviously do that for so long. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So that's, you know, yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I lived in Brewarna until I was about 14, and then we moved to Newcastle when I was um, end of 94, early 95, and, you know, uh, finished high school at Cardiff High School, and then uh, yeah, went on to do a few other things since then. Yeah. Um, but that's basically my, my sort of my bit of a history, yeah, from yeah. Brewarna boy, uh, bush boy at heart, even though I yeah. um, live in the big smoke now for a lot of years, I tell you <laughs> what, it's, um, it's so great to, to come back home. Mm. just be amongst the nature mm. yeah that's it that's it man like, i'm originally from lithgow um and like I, I i hardly ever get to go back there but when i'm sort of driving down through katoomba and through those mountains and that it's it's so picturesque and it's so beautiful and, and you feel you feel different yeah. when you're back on country eh? like it's it, it, it yeah like the, the little time that i spend there because obviously with covid it's sort of hard to get down those ways um that's that that's a couple yeah. of lgas over that one <laughs> um so yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> definitely so, yeah it's so good sort of seeing all those like those rolling mountains and like, don't get me wrong it's cold it is a cold place let's go and but yeah <laughs> I, I enjoy going back there and uh, as you said as you said brother it's 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 a real healing like you feel like you're sort of regenerating in your in in your spirit and it's sort of um strengthening strengthening um your spirit and your uh and like inside as well so yeah i 100 agree with that man um but yeah um if you want to sort of tell us a bit about like your that, that like you you told us a bit about what your um i guess your personal sort of history and where you grew up and that kind of thing do you want to sort of give us a bit of a yarn about sort of how you got into doing like because you, you're you're a big sort of uh referee up in the hunter valley around here um, <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> I have been about that. Uh, you're stronger, smarter, and just your um, your role within the education department. 
Yeah, thanks, brother. So when I left high school, I did about a year doing a bit of manual labouring work, um, you know, through one of the local CDEPs at the time, and um, kind of realised that, yeah, that just wasn't for me, mm. that, you know, manual labour is not my kind of thing. And I've always kind of been interested in education and, um, you know, I was kind of thinking about becoming a teacher there for one part of it, mm. um, but realised it was a lot of work you know, to getting your teaching degree. Um, I did study for uh, about three years and did a uh, three teaching practice in different locations around the state. Um, but just kind of realised that it not, wasn't a job for me. Mm. So an auntie of mine who was um, the Aboriginal Community Liaison Officer for the department at the time uh, made contact and said, oh, we need someone to go and work as, um, as a teacher's aide supporting this young Aboriginal kid at one of the local schools. Would you be interested? Um, so it was a few days a week, so I said, yeah, why not, you know, um, could be a good experience. So that's how I got started, going working with him at his school for about three days a week at Hillsborough Public School. Mm. And um, ever since then, I've actually taken on some different roles within the Department of Education. So I've been an Aboriginal education worker, a teacher's aide, Aboriginal community mentor. I've been an Aboriginal education officer. And um, my last job that I had in the department um, was the Aboriginal Community Liaison Officer's position at Adamstown Education Office. And I was mm -hmm. there for about nearly eight years. Yeah. Um, so that's that's sort of, and I was spending my whole time in the department was about nearly 17 years, um, which was great. I had a lot of fabulous times, met a lot of wonderful people. Um, but I also got a lot of opportunities. Um, so when I was working for the department, we got an opportunity to um, actually do some professional development training with this organization called Stronger Smarter Institute. So um, it's a leadership program that, you know, looks at leadership in schools and, um, you know, trying to advance um, the outcomes for Aboriginal Trust Island students, improving their outcomes and, you know, try to basically lift their, their general um, engagement, you know, and the quality and make sure that they get the quality of education that they absolutely deserve. So I did that training and then I, um, I did the initial training in 2009 and then I did the facilitators training in 2010. So obviously my bosses at the time recognized some sort of qualities in me and yep. said, oh, this is, we'll give you the opportunity to do this. So I went and did that. And um, so ever since then, I had a bit of a connection with the Stronger Smarter Institute. Um, so actually, they actually invited me to do a couple of co-facilitation of some programs um, in different parts of the country um, over the years. Um, so I always had a connection with them and um, so then an opportunity came up in 2016 to um, see whether I'd go and work for them. Um, so I basically sort of think, oh yeah, it might be a great opportunity. You know, I was looking to kind of get out of the department at the time with all the changes that was happening in the department, you know, and all the, um, mm -hmm. yeah, just how, how, you know, the roles have changed to become yeah. less involved you know, in terms of the community aspect and, and um, you know, an engagement with kids. So yeah. I basically took up that opportunity to go and work for them and I'm still there with them today, 16 years, uh, sorry, six years later. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty terrific job. I get to travel around the country in every state and territory, you know, basically sort of, um, yeah, working with teachers and school and community groups and um, mm. looking at trying to improve Aboriginal student outcomes. So it's a, it's a leadership program. We explore different ways of, of conducting business in schools, you know, and looking at the world through Indigenous lenses, um, you know, make sure that you get that 
Aboriginal perspective or that worldview um, that could help you in supporting Aboriginal students and communities. So it's a fascinating job. It's been absolutely wonderful. I've really enjoyed it. Um, it's six years have gone just like that. It's been so quick, but um, I don't think I would be anywhere else. So um, yeah, let's yeah. just say that I was glad to leave the department when I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I've um, every school I've ever been in, I've, I've worked at I've worked at single schools, and I've been in positions where I go into different schools. And every school I've been in, in yep. like, most of them they talk about the Stronger Smarter program and how good it is and how how well it's like that model works within the school. So yeah, no, credit to you, bro. I've, I've I've never done the program, but I've only heard good things about it. So must be doing yeah, something. Yeah, well, 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 mate, we'll have to get you to come and do come and yeah. uh, do one with us, you know, maybe next year, yeah. if that's a possibility. Um, I think you'll, you'll get a lot of benefits from you. I mm. think one of the um, the benefits of the program is that it really helps people not only professionally, you know, in the job that you do, but it really helps you as an individual, yeah. you know, in, in the type of leader that you want to become and, and be, you know, yeah. and hopefully, you know, instilling a sense of comp pride and, and um, in you as an Aboriginal person to to want to be able to make substantial change. Yeah. You know, you really want to, you, you'll go away with a lot of confidence and go, yeah, yeah, this is it. I've got it down packed. I'm so energetic. I'm enthusiastic. I'm motivated now to go back into my school context and really, you know, drive change. And, yeah. um, you know, that that's really important. That's what we need. We need a lot more Aboriginal people and non-Aboriginal yeah. people, you know, to come yeah. on board and really, really get motivated to make change for Aboriginal kids because the system that they're in and that we are all in, you know, it doesn't work for us. You know, it no. just doesn't. There's been small successes and you know small steps of improvements, you know, in different parts of the country, but fundamentally, holistically, there's still a lot of work to right. do. And I don't think the system works for us. I think we need a holistic system change. Yeah. Um to improve outcomes. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I I agree. It's it's not um and you, it's it's so evident when you're working with the kids in the schools, it just doesn't yeah. work. And I don't know, you can probably explain a little bit better how like why you think that doesn't work. But I feel it's ingrained in us. It's it's a, it's a deeper, it's a deep. It's it's more than just oh that that kid's just a troublemaker or that kid's um, not doing the right thing because of his background or the home life he comes from. I think it's it's just. Uh, our people in general just doesn't it doesn't we don't fit in that system of of that style of learning and <clears throat> i feel like a lot yeah. of the time kids get sort of pushed back to the to the back seat of the bus to sort of like and, and the, their opinions aren't sort of val as valid and they don't get sort of they, they, they don't seem as valid if, if that makes any sense and I, I see it all the time like kids young indigenous kids just getting I guess failed by the system because they don't they don't get this the care and the and the um style of learning they need to strive i said i've seen it in yeah. plenty of different situations um but yeah it, it, do you have a different sort of opinion because I, I i'm trying to articulate it as much as i can but you're you're a bit closer to it so you, you i'm sure you've got a better sort of um articulation <laughs> of how, how that would sort of um I guess work or, or or mean for you? Yeah, look, I totally agree with what you're saying. It, it it's a difficult Westernized system, you know. It's a system that's brought in from from over in England and you know back in the day, you know, mm. and it went through a whole lot of difficult period of colonization, you know, throughout the years. And while there's been small improvements, I'll acknowledge that. 
Um, fundamentally, it's just the system doesn't work for Aboriginal kids. And I know I'm generalising here because uh, we need to individualise learning. We need to understand that you know individual kids requires individual treatment and, and care. You know, so they get the best out for them. But holistic, but generally across the board. Um, the statistics tells us that the system has let them down. And you're right, that's because the system doesn't provide their way of learning. It yeah. doesn't provide, you know, that holistic, um, um, authentic cultural support and cultural needs that Aboriginal kids need, you know, that the reaffirming of their, their, yeah. their cultural identity in the system, you know. It's becoming true in small patches now. I think the department's made a bit of an effort to try to be more inclusive and to try to have a lot more of those, um, you know, um, particular things identified throughout certain things like the curriculum and, you know, in certain programs like Sister Speak and Bro Speak and, and things like that, which is important. Um, but it's just about a whole way of learning, you know. Being mm. Aboriginal is about a whole way of being, yeah. you know. It's, it's the way that we live. It's the way that we talk to people. It's the way that we connect with people, you know, and, and how we embrace each other and things like that. So that's what the system doesn't allow for. And it's a real, you know, a, a, you know, a four-wall, sit-down, you know, structured sort of approach. And, yeah. and we need to be a lot more hands-on. We need to be a lot more... Um, you know, a lot more practical in, in how we teach yeah. kids. So I think, you know, the system, and I don't see, you know, the latest statistics I heard earlier in the year is one of the statistics was that, um, you know, the, the, the closing the gap initiative would lead to, well, the, the closing the gap itself will hopefully be closed by the year 2078. You know, and um, like that's pretty pathetic. You know, yeah, that's pretty yeah. poor. If, if, if that's yeah. how long we've got to wait for yeah, no, kids no. To, to reach a height and and be on par with you know all the other kids, then yeah. that's quite pathetic. You know, um, yeah. so I think there's probably you know a lot of things that needs to change and a lot of yeah. things. Um, and the reality is, we need a lot more Aboriginal people in the system. Mm. You know, to to lead to make that change. You know, so that they can. Um, because they understand our people, you know, because they are part of our people, they are our people. So um, the more people we get in the system at the high levels and, you know, in the department and in government um, to make that change will be will be, be better for us all, you know. Um, you know, because the saddest thing is, you know, Aboriginal kids, like, there's a lot of Aboriginal kids that go to school every day. Yeah. You know, they don't miss a, miss a day of school and they, they want to go to school, they want to engage, you know, and do the best that they can. Um, but is let down because of the way that education is taught, yeah. you know, and what is being taught, you know. So yeah. we can change that. We can change the world, you know. We yeah. can make a big difference in the lives of our kids. So yeah. that's always been my hope, you know, and, um, you know, let's just, you know, and, you know, I know that some of the struggles are real for our kids and for mm -hmm. our families and it can be painful sometimes for them to experience that. Um, and it's painful for us, you know, as workers, you know, yourself, you know, when you're trying to do your best to help them, but sometimes you can only do so much, yeah. you know, and it's, it's really difficult and it's, and it's hurtful. But, you know, I, I guess my approach has always been that, you know, if it doesn't work out today, we'll just try again tomorrow. Yeah. You know, and we'll just do the best that we can each day, take each day at a time and um, just try to remain focused and try to remain positive. And that's always been kind of my approach. Mm. Um, to not only just education but life in general you know around mm. just being positive and to um to yeah just so that you know the last thing we want to be doing is feeling depressed and down and and feeling you know we're at our wit's end and give up 
because yeah. in, in in that circumstances nobody wins you know exactly. um yeah and yeah so yeah but it's just great that we have people like yourself brother who's mm. in there in the fight you know in the game yeah. and um doing the best that you can because without you um mm. yeah we would struggle even more yeah yeah and that's the and that, and, and that's the, the idea that i agree with so wholeheartedly is to get more more of our people in these positions, these identified positions, and in yeah. not just your your token. Oh, we're gonna like part yeah. of our reconciliation action plan. We're gonna we're gonna hire one identified worker within a school. You can't do that. Yeah, it doesn't work. No, you need no. You need a team, and you need a team full of identified people. Like, I've been on teams where the head of Aboriginal education is not Indigenous. You know what I mean? They're not Aboriginal. Yeah. But how do you? Yeah. How do you create change and how do you have someone that can relate to our people if the head of Aboriginal education is not identified? How does that work? Yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's pushed yeah. in a lot of schools. Like you have that idea that Western idea of having the person that leads it all not not being actually Aboriginal. And then the rest you filter it down through the group and the rest might be indigenous. But that that one person that goes to that boss and goes, this is how we can change things. This is the money we can put it to. Is not like I don't know. It's, yeah. not, it, it's it's like not having someone in the from the team in the game. If that makes any sense. But yeah, no, we, we need to have teams of people with diverse sort of backgrounds as well. Like whether it's a young fellow like myself, and then there's a young woman, and then there's the, and then there's an older woman, then an older male. It needs to be like for it to be culturally safe. You need both sides of the spectrum. Yeah, like, absolutely. There's been a lot of times where I've been sort of put in a position where like it mo it's not culturally safe for me to work with a, a young girl sometimes you know what i mean like you yeah. need, you need yeah. a young woman working with that girl and then vice versa for a young a young boy working with a young male it's yeah. I, I feel it needs to be as you said it needs to be a sort of a board wide change i 100 agree with what you're saying to sort of see any any big change and sort of cut, like as you said what's what is like 2078 that's a that's a just an absolutely <laughs> ridiculous outline we're, we're looking how many years into the future for us for our people to be on a level playing field with with the rest of society like that's pathetic really and, well with that with that particular statistic they're they're basically um said to everyone will fail mm. basically admitted failure yeah you know, f you know for for supposed to be delivering a quality education to aboriginal cultural and the kids mm. you know um so you know that's nothing to be proud of you know i wouldn't even advertise that particular statistics you know it would no. never do would never do any any positive thing whatsoever you know unless you know they're giving it as a realistic goal to, to really strive for but you know they've been in my years in the department which is in recent years but they've been set so many different goals they mm. keep moving back another two three years or another three to four years or five to six years because yeah. they never reached them you know and they're not going to reach them if, if they kept doing the same old things over and over and over you know and expecting a different result you know yeah. um that's not going to work and as Einstein said that you know many times many years ago it's just not going to work it's not going to change a thing if you do the same things over and over yeah. and you're right when, when you're thinking about you know the teams of people that's needed in schools to really drive the change um, you need that Aboriginal leadership you know, and you need that in a, an important position. And 
you know, no matter how many non-Aboriginal staff or how many non-Aboriginal teachers take on the leadership role in in um, in, um, in Aboriginal education in your school, no matter how passionate they are, you know, no, no matter how motivated they are or how much they love Aboriginal people and Aboriginal issues, they're never truly going to understand mm. what's it like and never truly going to understand the issues because they don't live it. Yeah. You know, and that's just a reality from it, you know. Um, some of the, the most amazing people I ever worked with, you know, during my time in the department and still to this day, you know, are non-Aboriginal people, you know, and I'll yep. do anything for them in the world, you know. Um, but just sometimes they just need to be reminded, yep. you know. Sometimes they just need to be reminded around some of the things that they've been dealing with or just a way that they conduct themselves or conduct business, you know, with Aboriginal people. Sometimes they just need to be reminded. And, you know, and, um, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just different. It's just very different objective, you know. And, um, yeah, the more Aboriginal people we need in the system, the better. You know, yeah. the more Aboriginal people we have in classroom, classroom teachers, principals, executive staff, you know, directors, um, executive directors, you know, head of the department, head of yeah. government. You know, that's, yeah. that's fundamentally what we need to see, you know, holistically as a society and mm. uh, pr may not happen in my lifetime, you know, mm. to have, a, have it, you know, as many as we'd like. But, um, yeah, it's good to, to see that there is more progress. We've got a lot more Aboriginal teachers now mm -hmm. in the yeah. system across the board, which is terrific. Um, getting a lot more Aboriginal principals and executive staff, mm -hmm. which is absolutely great. Um, and slowly getting a lot more Aboriginal people up in the head on toes of the department. Um, yeah. But my worry is that, that some people who go up to that position forget where they come from. Exactly. Uh, you know, and yeah, that's, that's what I want to remind people is that, just as you climb up that ladder to get where you want to go in terms of those positions, don't forget where you come from and don't forget, yeah. you know, um, you know, why you're there in the first place, you know, and keep your yeah. eye on the ball and, and, you know, and do that. So I, you know, try to remind people as much as I can when I'm in my meetings with, with those sorts of people, um, just don't forget where you come from, you mm. know, because um, all of us left behind or all of us that are still down here, we won't forget. Exactly. Exactly right, and that's and that comes from like that comes back to the original conversation of within the schools, the kids within the schools. We need to nurture them and get them to a point where they can become the next leaders. They can go to uni. They can yep. they can get their masters. They can get their diploma. Get their masters. Get their whatever, and then go on to be positions of power. And and that's yeah, that's one of the biggest things that I I encourage is is black is black excellence. You know what I mean? In positions yeah. of power, and also. Out, out of the box thinkers as well in terms of not having to do your standard nine to five jobs like go and yeah. start a podcast go and yeah go and pursue that that dream of being an artist go and do that become a musician or, or whatever it is because if you get stuck with all these great like all these amazing um aboriginal kids and then they go into their little nine to five jobs it's I feel like it's just wasted potential because we are so good at everything. You know what I mean? We are amazing yeah. at everything we pick up. And to have that potential wasted, and I think that should be pushed more in, within schools to have stuff like uh, like podcasts and um, be pushed into even things like radio stations and media and news and all that yeah. sort of stuff. We, we need more re representation in those areas. And like, look at the... Um, I can always forget his name. He's a he's a young fellow who I think he's working for Channel Seven now. He's like 
he's he's a um, he's Aboriginal. He's got like the long curly hair and the moustache. Um, I'm 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 not sure what his name is, but anyway, he 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 done a bit of a um yeah a monologue on on the project a couple of a couple of months ago, and it just it seems to be whenever someone that is that like anyone who's indigenous that goes into a position of like a media or a storytelling or something like that, they just thrive and it's, they're an absolute standout. Yeah. So we need, we need to push yeah. more of our youth into that sort of space as well to sort of report on on what's going on as well and report on their upbringings and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I 100% agree with everything you're saying and it's, um, it, it needs to be a, a board wide change. It needs to come a lot quicker than, not, than, than 2078. <laughs> it needs to come tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. yesterday. Yeah. You know what I mean, like it's it's, no, it's, it's it should it's have been here from the beginning. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it's really interesting. What you, the thing you you talk about, um, you know, like we're naturally story, we're natural storytellers. Yeah. You know, so um, you know, we just thrive in those environments where we're able to tell our story and, and share yeah. our our journey. You know, and how do we you know connect that to somebody else's journey and story? You mm -hmm. know, um, make those connections really powerful. And um, you know, for people that goes in the media and in, in the journalism and things like that, you know, they become very natural at it. You know, because yeah. that's who we are as people. Um, and it's great to see. You know, I think um, might have been ABC. I think I've seen one young lad. That you described um yeah. the curly hair was on television the other week and i hadn't seen it before and i was like oh wow there's a, yeah. a there's a young aboriginal bloke on, on um hmm. uh doing the news and i was like fascinated and i was yeah. like terrific you know and and it's sad that we have to be overjoyed by that yeah you know, in society oh. it's sad that we think that that's unusual you hmm. know because it is sadly it is unusual you know and it's not natural everyday yeah. part of life you know um and and we should you know get our kids to strive to, to do wonderful things you know in in society out in the real world when they leave school you know if they want to become a doctor or become a teacher or a lawyer or if they want to you know become in a really fantastic music um artist you know if yeah. they want to spread the word through storytelling and things like that you know on a, a local or a national level um yeah you know but you know i think they're great they should you know want to work towards achieving that you know it requires yeah. hard work it requires commitment and dedication you know it's not going to become easy you know you're going to have a lot of ups and downs along the way but if you stay firm and focus on what you want to achieve and work as hard as you can for it you know there's no reason to say that you, you can't get it in the end you know um but more importantly you know i think just as important to that is the fact that you know if our kids just want to leave school and they just want to be a good mum and dad if they just want to be a good parent and they just want to be a good par a person you know, if they just want to be a good neighbor, if they just want to, you know, get a, um, you know, a job at the local shop, you know, work hard yeah. every single day in that job every day and, mm. you know, go home and look after their kids in the evenings, you know, and spend quality time with them and, and you know, raise them well, you know, yeah. and by, by going out and being a good mum and dad and a good uncle and auntie, you know, I think that's just as important as well. Oh, 100%, yeah. Because I, I remember a question somebody asked me once we were in a workshop and somebody said to me, you know, um, you know, talking about, you know, about being kids being successful, you know, going on to year 12 and then university and then thriving to, um, to, you know, um, you know, who do you see as being successful, you know, and my mm. question backward, well, what do you mean as successful? You know, what do you determine is successful? You know, when I think about success in my life, um, the people that are important to me and the most successful in my life are things like my parents, you know, yeah. 
they never went to university. You know, my dad could have. He's an incredibly smart man, but he yep. didn't want to. You know, he chose a different life, you know, and, you know, because growing up in a small community, you know, out in the bush, out here in the West, you know, university was never really an option for him, you know, back in um, back in those days in the 60s. Um, yep. You know, so he, you know, basically, you know, said I'm going to be a good human and a good, good parent to my kids and, and do the best I can for them and, and being a good brother to his siblings and, you know, good, you know, a son to his parents as well. And those are the things that I think about when I think about success. Yeah, you can go to university, you can have a law degree, you can have a, you know, um, you can have a piece of paper to say that you're qualified in something, you know, um, but that doesn't make you the best human being. And I think exactly. fundamentally that's what we need our kids to believe in, to have a bit of a sense of belief in themselves that we just need you to be a good human being, you know, yeah. a good, decent person that look out for your neighbours and look out for your family and look out for your friends and, you know, don't yeah. do stupid things, you know, don't make, you know, going out and wanting to do drugs and, you know, get on the, yeah. the alcohol and, and the grog like that, you know, and, and sort of basically, you know, um, yeah, have, have a very difficult life. So, um, yeah, there's, there's, I think there's really a couple of different parts to when we think mm. about success. And I think all of those parts are really open to our kids if they thrive for it, yeah. you know, and we, we should encourage them to be able to do to do all of that, you know, and yeah. even lay down a good platform for them to, to follow. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that goes back to what you were saying before about not forgetting where you come from as well. Like you get you get yeah. to those positions that like, like you, you get you to the point where you get that little piece of paper and you get your master and you get that little piece of paper and then going on and be, becoming successful. It always comes back to not forgetting where you come from and not forgetting yeah. the people who got you there. Not forgetting that that teachers aid that got you through that maths class. Like. You, exactly it's all it's, yep. all it's all important and you can still do those things and be a good person and be a good um be a good um father be a good son be a good brother i think it's yeah that, that's yeah, not to forget those things for sure like to you, you can be a great person and not have that little piece of paper as as you said, you use your example of your dad. Like my dad, he knows a little bit about everything. You know what I mean? Like he is, yep. He, yep. he can sit here and he can talk to you about whatever, whatever topic you can. But I've not had one topic that I can't sit down and have a chat with dad about. And it's the same thing. Yeah, he didn't have right. that opportunity when he was younger. He grew up and he grew up in Lithgow, and Lithgow is a sort of a smaller sort of country town where there's not much opportunity and you get pushed into yeah. that life of, of um, like your drugs and your alcohol and that kind of thing. But it doesn't mean he's not a good person. It means that he, he, he's one of the greatest people I know. And the same with my mum, yeah. same with my uncles, my aunties. There's like, yeah, out of everyone that's in my immediate sort of family, there's only a couple of us that are sort of going into doing uni and that kind of thing. And yeah. Well, I, I would never, I would never sort of get, turn around and say that my, my family have uh, are good people and they're amazing people. And yeah, I, I think as you said, it comes. It just goes back to having a community mindset and, and remembering where, where you come from is the most important thing. But yeah, um, yeah, hundred percent. So I guess if you want to talk a little bit, like we talked a little bit about like an apartment and um, stronger, smarter, and but yeah. I, I wanted to sort of have a bit of auntie about the, the referee side of things because that's a real interesting side. <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of people would sort of like to have a bit, a bit of a yarn about that because it's it's a very interesting thing to sort of get into as like as you know like black fellas are just so involved in sport and footy is their thing. Yeah, like footy 
like you, you yeah. <laughs> everyone plays footy, but you don't see many referees. You know what I mean? So it, it's a different yeah. sort of path. But I, I, I dig it. I reckon it's awesome. Oh, you, you've you've refer, refereed me a couple of times, and I don't know if I've given you any sprays. <laughs> if I have, sorry. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, man, if you want to um, have a bit of a yarn about that, how you sort of got into that, and, um, yeah. Yeah, for sure, brother. Um, certainly you have – I have refereed you – a few occasions in recent years. Um, yeah. You've never given me a spray that I remember, but you always, sometimes you give me that look. Sometimes you give me that look and I go, yeah, he's not happy with my decisions. Yeah, a little cheeky, yeah, yeah. a little cheeky on the field. Yeah, 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 a lot, a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of my mates are, um, yeah. you know, um, which is, which is, which is nice, you know, it's part of the game and I really enjoy that sort of aspect to it. Um, but refereeing, yeah, who would, you know, uh, who would have thought, you know, um, so, this year is 25 years for me in refereeing. Mm. Um, I never would have thought that I would um, be doing it this long. But I knew very early on in my sort of my life that I was never had the skills to play. You know, I was tiny and I knew that I couldn't have the skills. I did play once when I was 12 years old back here in Brewarna. Yeah. Um, I played for under 12s for about probably maybe a half a year. Yep. And um, I was like a little winger. When I started the game, I was the winger, um, yep. but a few, most of the time I sort of come off the bench. And I only touched the ball about two or three times. <laughs> and um, I remember the first time I ever touched the ball, is they both kicked it across the field on the fifth tackle, so I run back to cover the back and um, I, um, the ball was up in the air, so I had my hands out like this, swirling around. <laughs> the, ball land, the ball lands in my arms and... As soon as it lands in me, smacked. I got smashed <laughs> to the ground. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I, I didn't. I did not touch the ball much after that. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I knew pretty early on that I didn't have the skills to do it, and I was always interested in refereeing. I don't know why. I was just sort of drawn to it. And my pop and my uncle used to uh, officially referee in the whole group fifteen competition mm. out here as well. Um, many years ago, back in the day, and my dad actually done a little bit of refereeing as well, helping out and filling in on some time, um, some occasions. Mm. Um, so I, um, I knew that. And when I, I got a whistle when I was probably about ten years old, I remember, and I used to run up and down the backyard. Um, we used to have a big backyard back in those yep. days, and um, I used to run up and down pretending I was refereeing a game of footy on my own, you know, for hours at an end. So I was always interested. So in 1996, a few mates and I, uh, I was going to Carter High School at the time, we decided let's go and get our ticket. So I went and got my ticket and um, I started in, well, I got my ticket in June 96 and started refereeing in July of 96 mm. and um, yeah, been there ever since. Um, a couple of times I've had a you know, half a year off and, and things like that, just to take a bit of a break from it. Um, but it, but it hasn't always been easy. It's been incredibly hard. Mm -hmm. um, I refereed my first game at Ferris Oval, or oh, the old Ferris Oval, now it's gone. Mm -hmm. um, so where Charlestown Bowling Club is, behind the club, uh, behind the yeah. shopping centre. Yeah. Um, that used to, be used to be footy over there next to the soccer oval. That's where I refereed my, my first ever game of footy. And, um, yeah, copped a bit of racism there as well on mm -hmm. the day. Um, yeah, but, but you know, I've been involved ever since. I've done a lot of grand finals. Yeah. Um, I haven't done any – well, I've done a lot of um, second division or the Newcastle and Hunter competition grand finals, A grade, yeah. uh, B grade. Um, I've, um, I've touched uh, two 
first grade grand finals and two his cup and the Newcastle, Newcastle competition. Yeah. Um, never quite got to do a centre in, in the, the grade competition, which was a bit disappointing. And there was a lot of a lot of issues around those incidents at the times over yeah. the years. Um, but 25 years later, I think I'm pretty satisfied. I've done, like I said, I've done a lot of grand finals. I've refereed a lot mm. of rep games. I even refereed at the um, Australian Championships in Perth. Um, yeah, I even um, got to tour with the um, the under under 18s country championships. Um, I had under 18 side in, yeah. oh, I think it was 2007 um, yeah, or wow. 2006, one of those. I actually got to tour Tonga uh, with them as well. Yeah, wow. um, so that was great. Yeah, and I've got the privilege of meeting a lot of great, lot of great, um, you know, wonderful men and women, you know, yeah. um, over the years, you know, not just in referee circles, but in club land too, you know, yeah. a lot of people, um, you know, as they get to know me over the years, you know, I get, you know, to know them and have a bit of a banter going between them. And they, a lot of them, a lot of the clubs are really supportive, you know, they, they look after you when you go out to the, the clubs and, um, yeah, some of the, there's some clubs I enjoy going to more than others, um, <laughs> yeah. because of various yeah. reasons, but, um, yeah, yeah but I, I, you know, but, yeah, it was, you know, um, it was just really enjoyable, mm. um, enjoyable to be part. I just loved refereeing. Um, and, you know, there's a real skill to refereeing. I know it looks easy, mm. you know, from the sideline. It looks yeah. like you're just running up and down, blowing a whistle and pointing your finger and, and your mm. hands here and there. But you're you're really, um, you know, you really got to focus on what's happening. So all your focus is on on the ball. You're focusing yeah. on the ball and you got... You know, you, there's a couple of different tricks to to the art of refereeing. You know, yep. the first one is that you should always play advantage. You know, advantage should be key to the game. Yeah. And um, you know, sh and you should never be too far away from the ball. You know, so mm -hmm. I always try to be no more than ten meters away from the ball, so you know what's happening. Because yep. all the rest of the what's happening in the game, the back play, that should be left up to your touch judges. You know, that's certainly their mm -hmm. responsibility. So, um, but there's a lot of things you've got to focus on in the game. Um, so that's where a lot of the adrenaline gets you through, and um, yeah. yeah, and um, yeah, it's it's you know it keeps you fit as well. You know, there's a lot mm. of fitness fitness mm. to it. Yeah, but um, yeah, I love a lot of the friendships. You know, a lot of the players that I you know have, just get on really well with. You know, like um, they might give me heaps on the field. You know, yeah, and yeah. that's their right. You know, their right to yeah. challenge my decisions. You know, provided they do it. In a respectful manner, and, yeah, yeah. you know, and not not be not take it too far, and not be personal about it. Mm -hmm. um, that's okay, and you know, provided that you know they know that I got a job to do. It's not my job out there to give you any favors. It's not my job, you know, to to look after one team and not the other. My job is yeah. to interpret the rules as I see it, and um, and you know, whatever happens, happens. You know, and yeah. as long as I'm confident in my decision making. As um, long as I'm confident in, you know, the decisions that I make at the time, um, you know, that's all that matters, you know. But a lot of times I've walked off my games and thought I had a shit game. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've, I've been brutally honest about that. You know, I don't hide away from, you know, mm. the fact that those things happen. You know, I know I'm not perfect and never will be. And, um, yeah, but, yeah, but most of the time, you know, when I walk off the field, you know, whatever happens on the field stays on the field, you know, with a lot of the players. Um, mm. Yeah, like a lot of players will give me heaps on the field, but we walk off, you know. Yeah. We chill out, we might have a drink together or we might just, yeah. you know, have a good yarn, you know, yeah. have a bit of a laugh, which is nice. And that happens mm. that happens more than you think. And I think that's happens, you know, most of the time that yeah. I you know, walk off the field, you know. Even for the teams that lose, you know, when you walk the captain or some players will come over and, and the coaches will give you a compliment and say, you know, mm. thanks for the game, even though we might have lost. Um, yeah, but they just appreciate your efforts and that's really nice. So yeah, yeah 25 years, um, 
Yeah, I think it's about time I retire, and I certainly <laughs> plan to retire this year. Yeah. But with COVID, um, um, yeah, it's put a bit of spanner in the works. I'm not sure what mm. I'm going to do next year. I might um, I might go back for a couple of games and then retire. Yeah. To retire yeah. on my terms, you know? Yeah. yeah to yeah. Re retire at, you know, rather yeah. than, um, yeah, COVID sort of dictating Having that. that um, sure. yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, I'm, but you know, I'm a life member of our association now and um, mm. have been for a few years. And um, I do a lot of coaching and mentoring of new and upcoming referees now. So I do a lot of that on um, the times when I'm not refereeing. I've yeah. been on the board of the Referee Association as well in different roles. So yeah. I've done a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, and awesome. 25 years gone. Good, it's gone just like that. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah no, that's, no, that's awesome, man. Um, do you see the amount of like identified um, people coming through, like the roles of referees and touchies and all like that? Has that grown since in your twenty-five years of being so close oh. to it? Do you see that growing and getting seeing more young young fellas in the in those sort of um, positions and roles and even within that sort of um, sort of I guess space and sort of moving up through the ranks as well? Has that grown? Um, yeah, there's a lot more Indigenous referees now. Um, I think it's fair to say in most associations now, across New South Wales certainly, our numbers have grown, um, yeah. which is good. Um, um, you know, we've got a lot of ex-players, you know, that have come back and doing some refereeing. We've, um, you know, picked up some a lot, a lot of younger guys. Um, yeah, I, I guess our, our issue at the moment is how do we keep them, you know, yeah. how do we keep them as referees, you know, it's hard for, for anyone, you know, let alone young Indigenous people, mm. um, you know, particularly if you're my colour, you know, as black as I am, you know, when yeah. you're copping racism and stuff like that, um, that's always pretty hard to take and yeah. we, you know, um, you know, and, you know, and, and, and not just racism, but just general abuse, you know, it's mm. pretty hard to take, you know, but, um, so how do we how do we keep our young people involved in the game? Um, in Newcastle, we've probably picked up uh, a handful of new Indigenous referee young guys over the last couple of years, um, but I think we've lost a couple as well, yeah. um, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but that's you know for various reasons. You know sometimes it's injury, sometimes family commitments, and um, yeah. other work commitments tend to take you make make you unavailable. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, but I think wholeheartedly, you know, our association have, have tried to encourage, like we do try to encourage more women to get involved. I yeah. um, certainly have tried to encourage more Indigenous referees, um, you know, to become involved. And I certainly try to help out as mu much as I can because yeah. um, I certainly would like to see a lot more Aboriginal people come through the system and, you know, hopefully then make their way into the NRL and, um, you know, make their way up into the elite level of, of rugby league competitions. So, yeah, that'll be that'll be great to see. Um, yeah. And uh would be nice to be a part of that, but I don't know whether I will be, you know, depending on how long yeah. it takes and how many years it happens. But, mm. yeah, it's 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 kind of um, nice being a part of, of the refereeing for, you know, for all these years. Mm. Um, yeah. It's, I sort of just can't believe it. Um, you know, and I don't know, you know, like I said, I've always been interested in it, but I never thought I would do it for this long. Mm. And I think that's, I think that's partly because of, um, you know, my love for the game, you know, yeah. because rugby league, like you said earlier, is ingrained in Aboriginal people and it's ingrained in my family. You know, not only did my dad and my uncles and all those sort of play for it, but my mum and my sisters have played yeah. as well. So it's yeah. really ingrained in, you know, embedded in, in our lifestyle. Um, yeah. Um, but I also think it's, it's, 
the people that I met, you know, in the referee association, a lot of, um, you know, my mates, a lot of my, well, most of my close mates that I talk to nearly every day are referees. Yeah. And, um, yeah, our conversation is a bit boring, though, because we always talk about footy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't yeah. tend to talk about other things, but, um, yeah. yeah, but it's nice. You know, I spend, you know, a bit of quality time with, with some of them and, you know, close you know, close connection with their families and yeah. them with, with my families as well, which is really nice as well. So, um, yeah, and I think I really enjoyed that aspect yeah. to refereeing. And I guess I never expected that, you know, yeah. when I signed up, I guess I was just you know, signing up to go and referee a sport yeah. on the weekend, all the extra stuff, you know, it kind of yeah. was a bit of a surprise. But, yeah. yeah, it was a nice surprise to happen. I, You know, I'm pretty sure it's the same, you know, for, for you guys as players, you know, um, you know, you know, I, you know, I, I was always very interested. Um, the feeling, like I used to say to some people, I wonder what it's like as a player to walk off when you've lost a grand final, mm. or even when you've won a grand final. To that, matter. yeah. But because you know, but all the grand finals that I've done over the years, you know, there's there's no emotion connected to it, you know. Yeah there's, yeah, there's not this excitement to go, you know, I don't know, yeah. maybe you might be able to explain it, you know, in some of the yeah. games you've been a part of, you know, because I just, I just know that I've got a job to do. You got a job to do, yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. I just, you know, all the emotion I got to leave to the sidelines mm. and I just go out and I referee to the job. It's just another game in, in yeah. my eyes, you know, and, and that's how I approach it. Um, you know, but realising my decision is going to have consequences, you know, for one team and, and yeah. as it is, you know, for the other team as well. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you might be able to give me a bit yeah. of an insight into that perspective. Yeah, no, mm. Well, I've been lucky enough um, in my juniors to sort of go three years undefeated and winning grand finals and that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It's um, it's a weird feeling. It's a weird feeling to sort of come up because you're, like, you're playing with all your mates, especially as a young fella. You're playing with all your mates. You go to school with them. You see them every single day. You see them on the, like, for training and you play play them on the weekend and to go sort of in, in my position to go undefeated for three, three years straight and win those grand finals each year it's yeah it's like you, you form a bond with those with those boys like I, I, I see those boys around that I played that played footy with and I might not have spoken to them since we won those grand finals and it's always that connection yeah. sort of turn around and go oh, hey bro yeah, yeah. going like it, it's that connection for life I reckon and, and yeah, but yeah, when it happens, it's it's really surreal because you sort of work all year and you you, mm. you you reflect on on those training sessions where you just wanted to give up and you didn't want to be, you didn't want to be there yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, bro, I hate you making me run these laps. But once you sort of finish, you're like, oh, I'm gonna miss this until next season. So yeah, no, it's definitely an, it's yeah. a very surreal feeling. And there's a lot of there's a lot of fellas that have never sort of been lucky enough to have that. Um, uh, feeling so yeah but it's for, yeah it's definitely a surreal feeling and i've uh, i've always always ne never turned around and said i don't want to play next year so it's that yeah yeah, yeah I, I guess yeah. it's that whole that whole team aspect too eh? you know like <laughs> you, you're playing for your teammate you know you're playing yeah. for each other you know and and everybody's got to be on their game you know to be able to to win the game in a sense yeah. you know um exactly. and, and i guess it's and i guess that's probably a little bit different to refereeing because well it's a lot different because of the fact mm. is that you know every weekend i could be with two different people 
yeah you know two different people working with me you know to mm. officiate on the game yeah um so it's not really a well it is a team effort in that respect because yeah. we we have to support each other and, and help each other out to get through yeah. the game you know that emotional connection to the job that we do is not there because we're not there every day you know yeah. we're not there every weekend you know bonding and we're not there you know working to it hard for each other every week because we're all i, I connected to different people every week you know and you got your training mm. sessions to go through every week we have training of course but we yeah. you know it's very very you know very different to i suspect what players go through but yeah i was always interested in that i always thought you know because you know you see some people just you know some people that lose a game in grand final they're crying you know and you know and you know i, I walk off the field and i i, I don't feel in i yeah, I feel very indifferent to that, you know, and um, yeah, and I always wonder what it was would be like to be able to 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 have that emotional feeling to it, you know, you know, mm. I, I don't take away from the seriousness, you know, of my job yeah. and, and the game, yeah, yeah, you know, but I certainly understand that from a player's but in the coach's yeah know, perspective that, that 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 would be the case, yeah, yeah. It yeah. sounds like you want to throw a jersey on King. <laughs> I, I wish I could. I yeah. really wish I could. Um, even a couple of years ago, I thought uh I, I would have loved to have played mm. I, I still i still would have loved to have played yeah. but i realized my size and my skill level just wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't be a benefit you yeah. know i yeah. um yeah but I, I really wish i i would have you know at least mm. you know have an experience i know um there was talk one part is how about we develop a game where uh, we get the players play against the referees yeah you know yeah. and um you know we have like a charity game or something like yeah, that and i said oh yeah that would be great you know to have something like that and um depending on who some of the players was it'll be interesting to see um, <laughs> yeah yeah you know yeah you know um you know what sort of tactic they use in in um in tackling the referees <laughs> yeah. whether, whether it be legal or not <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah i think that's a dangerous situation right there for for a couple of players that's for sure um but yeah man it's yeah i i find it really interesting like like because i've never really sat down after a game you sort of like oh, like good game the game I, I always make an effort to go up to the referees and touches and and make sure i sort yeah. of like pay my respect to sort of, because I understand it's such a hard thing to do. Like, I, 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 I never, I don't reckon I'd ever be able to do it. Um, cause yeah, I, I, I love playing the game. Every time I go to a yeah. game, I'm like, bro, I wish I was out there playing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't reckon I could, not, I could do it, but I've got so much respect for the people because the amount of abuse a lot of you cop yeah. is, is unwarranted. And also like, it's, I guess it, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to show up, and to, especially some of those, um, <laughs> some of those lower grade games with the with the fellas yeah. that, um, that are on the they're on the lemonades before the game, and they get a bit mouthy. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, nah, I, I yeah, I I have nothing but respect for your brother, and um, when it comes to that kind of thing, and every, every time I've sort of been officiated by you, um, uh, you, you've always done a real good job, so. But yeah, um, it's also yeah, good no. seeing that representation in those sorts of um, situations as well. It might not be on the TV, but it's on it's on the weekend, and yeah, and like the crowds that are there, and they're looking at it, and they're seeing representation on on the field in the jersey, and then also on the field in the pink shirt. You know what I mean? Like it's it's awesome. I reckon it's so good. Um, yeah, 
But yeah, man, um, I guess moving on from, from that, um, like, I want to have a bit of a chat about like what, what sort of obstacles you faced in terms of whether it's been professional, like, because I've spoken a little bit about, about it with the other people I've had on about like, I guess, struggles with mental health and self-doubt and that kind of thing. Have you ever sort of had that in your professional or even like when you've been refereeing or um, anything you've done? Like, what, Has there been any obstacles that have been in the way? Like you mentioned a bit of racism um, before. Um, like what, what were those obstacles and how did you sort of overcome them? Um... Yeah, have had a lot of obstacles, um, particularly um, throughout my professional life, but also throughout refereeing as well. Um, you know, obviously in footy part, the racism was a was a really difficult um, mental challenge. You know, how do I get through this mentally and and um, try to stay above the fray and to try to yeah. stay focused and, and positive, and um, you know, so that I can live the fight another day, so to speak. Yeah. And um, it was very difficult um, because you know. I've always said, you know, on the field, you know, or when I'm talking about refereeing, that I don't mind any criticism about my decisions. Yep. You know, you could be absolutely right. I could have stuffed up there, you know. Mm. But what I don't appreciate is when the the criticism becomes personal or become racial. Yep. Um, and that's not acceptable. Um, but when I copped a lot of that, and I still do, you know, it's still around. It's still, it's probably not as bad as it, as it used to be. Um, but my technique was that I developed a strategy of, um, say if I, um, someone abused me when it really hurt, you know, it got really personal or racial, um, I would go, well, if it was racial, I'd handle it through the, the channels. I'd put in official complaints, you know, and I'd go through the, the official channels because something needs to be done officially to stop that because that's against the law. Yeah. You know, yeah. Nobody should have to deal with that. But if I said something that was just personal um, and it really hurt, um, I, I had a technique of when I go home, um, because I'd, I'd be feeling really down and, you know, I'd feel really depressed and, yeah, kind of thinking maybe I don't want to do this anymore. So I'd go home and I'd get my music device, whatever it was. Back in the day, it was Walkman, you know, yeah. and developed to other devices in recent yeah. years. Yeah. And I'd just go and listen to music for about an hour and a half. I'd just go for a walk, yeah. um, no matter what the weather was. You know, yep. and I'd go for a walk around the neighbourhood and just enjoy the fresh air mm. and um, listen to the music and get my mind off it. Yeah. And um, a lot of the time it really, really helped. You know, it, yeah. you know, it made me, you know, it's kind of, while it never entirely went away because it's always in the back of your mind, mm. you know, at least if I forgot about it for the interim, you know, and I forgot yeah. about it because it wasn't important to me in my life, yeah. you know. And um, that really helped. So that was a bit of a strategy that I used um you know, in terms of that, the refereeing side of it. And I still do to this day. Um, yeah. That's still my strategy after all these years. Um, professionally, I've, you know, professionally, my obstacle probably was just purely a lack of confidence in my abilities. Yeah. You know, I, I guess I never believed for a minute, you know, um, that I could be a person that could certainly do what I'm doing today. Yeah. You know, talking to you in this format, you know, mm. um, and doing the job that I do today and have jobs that I've had over the years. I, you know, I've lacked a lot of confidence even through all those phases. Um, I never see myself as a smart person. I never saw myself as an intellectual and, um, you know, 
you know, or I never saw myself even as a role model, you know, to, for other people to emulate. You know, I just saw myself as me, you know, and I was okay with that. Um, but in some of the jobs that I've had to, that I've had over the years, means I've had to develop those skills, you know. You know, when you're talking to a, um, a room full of principals, mm. you know, at, at some of your meetings and you're pre presenting the policy to them, you know, you had to develop some skills around those, you know, on how you present and making sure that you knew your stuff, yeah. making sure that you knew your business. Um, and I think the, my way over it was, I remember myself probably oh, about 15 years ago saying to myself, I need to get out of my comfort zone. You know, I need to really take a risk and just see how it goes. Yeah. So I always remember saying to myself the R word, you know, taking you know, risks. I need yeah. to take risks yeah. um, to be able to achieve these things. So when I started to do a lot more public speaking, you know, at, at conferences, national conferences, you know, statewide conferences, you know, local regional conferences yeah. and things like that, the more I become a little bit more confident in that, you know. Um, mm. But I could never be a teacher of it. You know, I could never teach people the skill to do that you know because that's yeah. a skill that i developed for me yeah. you know in what works for me because yeah. you know not may not necessarily work for you you know or for anyone else mm. you know it had to work for me and for and and if it had and if it helped in achieving what i wanted to achieve yeah absolutely you know um because i guess you know in, in the roles that you play um you know and in the world that we live in today we're, we're accessible to anyone all over the world yeah. you know as well as anyone all over the country and in our region so um you know you need to be need to be prepared um you know and, and develop a skill it's not to say that i'm perfect and that i get it right every time absolutely mm. not um it's still a skill set that i'm working on you know as i take up new positions and as i yeah. work with a new group of people because you, you learn something new every day mm. you know and you pick up new skills you, you get a new learning around things and um yeah, that's, 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 you know, that's good. But it was just a, a lack of confidence, a hell of a lot of lack of confidence. And I still have a lack of confidence today in some areas, you know, particularly around, you know, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of the intellectual stuff, you know, that's not really my forte, you know, but um, mm. in terms of people to people connections, in terms of the relationships yep. that you need to establish with people. Um, yeah, I'm pretty fine with that now. And that's, yep. that, that's sort of my bread and butter. Yeah. Because that's sort of what I do in my current job. You know, yep. that's, that's, that's what we do, you know, in circle when we come together face to face. Um, that's the essence of our job. So I don't really have an issue as, as such with that because I'm pretty confident in that. Mm. Um, because I got to I got to know my you know, the job that I do and and you know, um, yeah, yeah, just things like that. So I mean, it's really really hard because when I was a kid in high school, I was very quiet. Yeah, and I was really shy. I would never talk up in class. I'd always sit up against the wall over in the corner. Yeah, you know, and never really engaged. Even when the teacher asked me questions, I didn't even want to answer. You know, because yeah. I was that quiet, I was that shy. Mm. You know, so <laughs> I never thought I'd be able to to do the jobs that I've had over the years. And um, but it was required just taking a risk and you know, and, you know, instilling a bit of a uh, sense of confidence in yourself that the ability that you know, saying yeah, you can do this, bro. Wake yeah. up to yourself, well, you can do this. You've got yeah, enough, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's, mm. it's nothing. It's just talking, you know. Um, you yeah. do that all the time to your family, don't you? When you're sitting yeah. around yarning around a campfire, that's, uh, that's what you do. So, um, yeah. Mm. Um, but but I've, but I've also had um, my bosses, you know, over the years, you know, at certain times, have recognised certain qualities in me, you know. Yeah. So they gave me the opportunity, 
you know, yeah. to really explore things, you know, and, you know, take up those opportunities, which if, if they didn't, I'd probably be the same kid that I, you know, or the same person that I was, you know, before then. Yeah. You know, I'd still be, you know, lying low and real quiet and shy and, and not really engaging with people because, you know, don't mixing with a lot of people and really sticking to myself and, uh, you know, being a bit of a homeboy, you know, because that, yeah. that was me. I was always comfortable with that. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's really interesting um, when, when, when you think about it. Yeah. But yeah. I'm, I'm grateful that it did happen. Yeah. I'm grateful that... Um, that I've had those opportunities because you know my life has been better better for it, yeah. And I've had opportunities because of um, um, you know having taken those opportunities and the fact that I've been able to um, you know meet a lot of great people as a result. Yeah, hundred percent, brother. That's it. Yeah, no, it's it's all about getting getting that own that voice in your head changing from positive, yeah, changing from negatives to positive. I think that's. That's a that's a very yeah. tough thing to do, but it's also so beneficial once you do. And being able to reflect on where, where you've been, like I, I always sort of yes. try to tell tell the kids I'm working with, um, once a week, just take ten minutes out of your day and reflect on what you've done that week. Or um, it, it, yeah. even people in, in my position that sort of, I guess we're on that sort of grassroots level where we're going into school and we're working with kids, and we might not see that constant sort of. Um, little achievements that we make and we um, get through. But for myself, I'll do it at the end of the week and I'll go, oh, I hit that goal or I've done that and that kid's sort of better for me doing that. And yeah. it's powerful. It's powerful as a young fella to sort of see the change that you're making within your community. And I'm, oh, I'm, I was never good at that. I was never good at sort of recognizing my uh my achievements i was i was really good at recognizing my faults and what i wasn't good yeah, at yeah. and how i couldn't do something but to be able to reckon recognize and change as i said change that voice in your head to to positive um i think that's a that's a skill that it comes with it comes with a little bit of experience too it comes with being able to sort of sit down and be by yourself and talk to, and it sounds a bit weird but being able to talk to yourself as well to sort of yeah have that yeah have that conversation with yourself and being real with yourself as well and not sort of um bullshit yourself really like being honest yeah, absolutely sort of hitting those sorts of um triggers in your head to go mate like you're you're better than that you can do better than that like what are you doing selling yourself short and i think that's so important for our people to do as well is to remind themselves that they can do better and that they don't have to settle for for what that person said to them or or what that sort of uh racial comment um made them feel like to to sort of turn around and to be empowered to sort of go nah i, I don't care what old mate said I, i'm i am better than that this is who i am and sort of putting that into into the universe and letting that do with it as it does is is a powerful skill and i i, I try and i try and teach teach the kids i work with as much as i can that skill because it's yeah. um yeah it's such a powerful thing to sort of actually be able to do but as you said it's 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 different strokes for different folks people have different coping mechanisms and how they sort of how they deal with things and how they can get through it so yeah it's it, as you said I feel it's a hard thing to teach because everyone's got their different different little uh, things yeah. that they get through and how they get through things and what they can do. Um, but yeah, I I think that the best thing you can do is sort of put put your style out there, and people take little different. I know for myself, I've taken 
styles of other people that have yeah have expressed that to yeah. me like, oh that 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 works for me or that doesn't work for me but i'll take a little bit of that and that's i think that's how you become the person that you are today and that's yeah. how i've become the person i am today it's taking little fragments of what of advice of people that have sort of been in my life and whether it's my dad whether it's a mentor where it's my brother where it's my sister i i soak it up like a sponge and I yeah, think that's yeah. yeah. I think it's 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 important to realise that it, it is different for everyone. Um, but to sort yeah, of take yeah. something little and then use it is is okay as well. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, abs- abs- absolutely, brother. Yeah. You know that that's really important. You know, I mean, you as an individual need to find what works for you. You yeah. know, and maybe just a little bit of something that works for somebody else could be a benefit to you. Mm. And um, yeah, you, you just work around and, and think about how you take it. But, you know, in the end, you got to have belief in yourself and your own yeah. abilities uh, to be the best possible human being that you can be. Yeah. You know, because if you're not good enough for yourself and if you're not the best person that you are for you, you're not going to be of any benefit to anyone else. Yeah. You know? yeah. And and um, and my hope would be that all of us, as as people as as human beings on the planet would want to be the best um mm. possible person that we can be and um i'm pretty sure i'm pretty confident that everybody else is you know but how do we get to come to that sense of confidence is a struggle for a lot of people you know it's going to be a struggle for a lot of people because of their the circumstances that they live in you know and it's not a blame game you know we're not blaming mm. anyone because of the circumstances they're in because they might come from poverty or be in a low SES area or you know yeah. or be, they might have been you know grew up in wealth and um and riches you know and have no idea what it's like to live on the other side of the railway tracks and things yeah. like that you know um you know but it's not a blame game or anything like that it's just purely around you know as individuals what works for me and and maybe it might be a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and a little bit of something else. Mm. Um, you know, but I just have, you know, have a sense that, you know, we need to, we need to encourage people to find that. Yeah. You know, and particularly our kids who, who feel like, you know, they really struggle trying to walk in two worlds, you know, and to trying to live and exist in two very different um, societies as such, you know, um, mm. and trying to live up to the expectations that we have for them you know and it's really difficult you know it's not easy um you know so you know we need to encourage our kids that it's okay to be different too yeah it's okay to be to have a different you know you know way of learning it's okay to have a different lifestyle it's okay to do things differently um yeah. you know as long as you know that where you're going and where you're heading in your life is going to be a, a much better place than where you come from you know yeah. or certainly a much much more positive place and a place where you're going to be absolutely happy you know yeah. um that's that's really important you know for what we need to instill with our people and yeah. and and it may take you a little bit longer than others to get to that point you know um but i'm pretty sure some people you know um yeah but you'll get there you, you know you'll, you'll certainly get there in the end um, yeah well let's hope you, you'll get there in the yeah. end and not before it's too late mm. yeah that's it brother i yeah. said yeah all right well we might um wrap it up sort of around there but uh, i mm-hmm. the conversation we've had today has just been so so informative i reckon it's been like so informative and so i reckon it's going to help help sort of people come back and have a bit of a yarn and listen to um but yeah man as as i do for at the end of each each one of these i try and do a quote um yeah quote of the day um (laughs) uh, (laughs) you are on google before searching through but but, um i'll um i'll start off it's a i feel this is a pretty 
powerful one. And I was, I was doing the same thing. I was sort of scrolling through Instagram and ha looking for some quotes. And a, a pretty cool one came up um, from the late uh, Chadwick Boseman, the fellow who played, um, who, who was Black Panther, um, recently passed yeah. away uh, at the start of this year, I think it was. But yeah, th this quote is, purpose is an essential element of you. It is the reason you are on the planet at this particular time in history. Your very existence is wrapped up in the things you are here to fulfill. So I, feel, I, I guess that sort of, it sort of resonates with me and like having your purpose and it being essential to you and being able to sort of put that into into action and understanding that it, it's, it's essential and important that you are here today whether your purpose is, as you said, to be a great dad or to be a great mum, or your purpose is to be the president of, of, of sorry, be the prime minister of Australia, you know what I mean? Your mm, purpose yeah. is essential. It's not, it, it, one good thing about, about purpose, it doesn't discriminate. It's everyone's yeah, purpose exactly. is important and it doesn't matter what it is. And yeah, I, I feel like that was a real powerful one. And by, by a real sort of influential and powerful person that, has changed yeah. a lot of, uh, not, not I guess changed, I guess, but empowered a lot of people um, in in that sort of space to sort of do different things. But yeah, that's yeah, my Yeah, nice. I like it, brother. Thank you. Um, uh, my quote is, is a quote that we actually use um, every time we sit in circle and program in, in, in the work that we do. Um, and it, there's a lot of different types of quotes that we use and I, I feel a connection to all of them. Um, mm. But I guess one of the ones that um, I guess is nice and simple, nice and easy and everyone can aspire to is um, Gandhi's quote, be the change you want to see in the world. Yep. You know, and yep. um, that's that's really important. You know, um, it's a real, uh, well, obviously a pretty inspirational quote from an inspirational mm. man. And, um, you know, think about what he's done in his life. But it's just a real, um, you know, it's, it's sort of like a non-threatening one too, you know. It, mm. You aspire to be the change that you want. You know, what you yep. determine is important for you in your life and, um, you know, the, the, the change that's needed in, in certainly in your context to it, yep. you know, to make improvement, to make your life a better place. Um, one of the other things that I... That, I don't know if it's an actual quote, but it's like a saying. Yeah. Um, and I don't know who said it first, but but I tend to like it more and more when I hear it. And yeah. that is failure is an option. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I like the one because failure is an option and you learn from your mistakes. Mm. And um, it's a really important, you know, in this system mm. that we work in and in the life that, you know, society that we're in, everyone seems to to have a thing around past and failure. You know, if you're failure, mm -hmm. that means that you've done something wrong or that you're, yeah. you're not doing things right, you know. And I don't necessarily think so. I think, you know, um, failure is, is a learning opportunity. 100%. That's the way I see it. So, yeah, 100%. that's my two quotes. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that, that was awesome, brother. Um, yeah, as I said, um, like, this conversation has been awesome. So I, I, re I really appreciate you hopping on. Um, and sort of giving a bit of an insight of who you are and what you've been through and the different sort of um, hats you've worn through your life. Um, yeah, I, I, as I said, I think it's going to be a time capsule for kids and anyone to go back and have a bit of a listen to and relate. And uh, and that's what it's all about. It's being able to relate to your role models and the different people in your community. And as, as we said before, taking little bits and creating your identity and who you are as a person. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, other than that, I guess we'll sort of wrap it up. Did you want to sort of uh, give a shout out to any of like the, like, um, I guess, um, 
uh, like plug your social, like social media with Stronger Smarter or anything like that? Did you want to sort of? Uh, yeah. Yeah, brother, um, you know, for people to um, log on to the Stronger Smarter Institute website, check us out. And, um, you know, if you've got any connections to schools and teachers and principals mm -hmm. and stuff like that, uh, look us up and come and do our program. I guarantee you, you will have an amazing time. Um, you know, it's a wonderful program that's um, Indigenous-led and run by Indigenous Education Company. Um, so get behind us and support us. Um, I'll also put a plug out there for the New South Wales AECG um, mm. that I've been involved in at the state, local and regional level um, that I volunteer for. Um, love the work that we do um, yeah. and would love to see a lot more community people come and get involved in that stuff as well. So uh, have a look up on their website and um, they're both on Facebook and they both have Instagrams and probably a whole lot of other stuff too that I don't know about. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But um, yeah, but look us up because uh, it's important. Education is important and education is the key to success for future. Yeah. 100%. 100%, yeah. And thanks for the yarn, my brother. It's been an absolute pleasure to uh, to sit and yarn with you today. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, I look forward to having more opportunities to do that. And thank yeah. you very much for your work and your commitment to, to making a difference in your space and your schools. Um, absolutely fabulous. Yeah. Thanks, bro. That means a lot. That does mean a lot. Um, but yeah, man, as I said, um, uh, as always, uh, you can you can find this on Spotify, um, Spotify, YouTube. I'm, I'm on Insta I'm on the Instagrams as well. <laughs> on the Facebook, I'm on Facebook as well. <laughs> um, I've actually got a TikTok as well, where I'm putting highlights of each video and like little sound bites so people can sort of have a bit of a listen to, and then um, go on and watch the full episode if they so choose to. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. It's all Mind Your Mob. Uh, pretty much if you type in Mind Your Mob on any of the social platforms, it'll sort of come up. I think TikTok and Instagram, it's Mind Your Mind like, underscore Mind underscore Your underscore Mob underscore Pod, P-O-D. So, yeah, um, find me on any of them. Uh, comment, like, share, and share it. Yeah, share it around. That's the most important thing. Get the word out there that we're having these conversations and we're opening that dial dialect to sort of uh, with the role models in our community that are doing great things. Um, but, yeah, as I said, brother, keep up the good work. You're doing amazing things. Um, I'll definitely have to um, join in. I'm one of those strongest smarters. Um, I've yeah. always heard about them. Um, I, and I, I definitely want to sort of jump in. I, I'd encourage anyone else to do that as well. And as I said, I work for the PCYC and I'll sort of promote that and, and get, get people involved with that as well. I think that, that that's definitely something that would be really important for people that work for the PCYC, whether it's activity officers, whether it's admin officers, whether it's whatever. I think it's, um, it's very, like, even like the youth case managers and even club managers as well. So I think it's... Um, it's a very important asset, um, a very important tool, sorry, for uh, anyone who works with youth at all. And as a youth club, I think we need to push ourselves to be involved in those sorts of things in our Aboriginal sort of um, space and with community as well, so we can maximise our effect on our, our Aboriginal community. But yeah, as I said, bro, we'll wrap it up there. Um, Thanks for, thanks for jumping on. I'll uh, talk to you Pleasure. next time, eh, bro? Thanks, bro. Take it easy. Yeah, Thank you soon. too, brother. See ya. Bye.